Four years ago, myself and three panellists sat on a Zoom call before it was cool to record a podcast. My Wi-Fi instantly broke, but the second time we tried it, it actually worked. And that was the first Grim Talk podcast. And here we are over 300 episodes later, and for the first time, we are all in the same room recording one of these shows together. This is the first ever Grid Talk Live, live from Manchester 7 Oaks. Thanks to Manchester 7 Oaks for letting us um, to do this here. And, and yeah, uh, my name is George Howson, and joining me today, we have fellow Grid Talk co-hosts, Owen Medford. Hello. Tom Downey. Hello. And Sophia Richmond. Hi. But before we get into the episodes, it's sponsors time. BetOnline is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and mashups for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. BetOnline continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wages, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games, available to play right from your phone. Head over to the website on your mobile device to sign up today and get, get your slice of the action for a 50% off bonus with the code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V, and that's the welcome bonus on there. Uh, BetOnline, where the game starts. So we're going to be reviewing the Austrian Grand Prix today. We all watched it together here in the pub. And, uh, and yeah, let's start. Let's go from the guys who finished at the bottom to the guys who finished at the top. And we're going to have to start with Haas. Uh, Hulkenberg was looking relatively decent um, until his car blew up, unfortunately. And uh, Kevin Magnussen had an awful day. He was down in 19th, the last finisher. Um, Sophia, I mean, try and sum up their day today. It's not. I'm, I'm starting you with a very tough one, to be honest. It's just another one to forget for Haas. Despite their decent qualifying pace, they're just nowhere in the race. Yeah. That, and also like the sprint, given the fact that Kevin Magnussen had to start from the pit lane, we knew that Haas was kind of done for the day, unfortunately. Hulkenberg, it was his 150th race start as well, so that's one that he does not want to remember pretty much for it. But yeah, Gunnstein was on the wall a few times and like just talking um, to the rest of the Sky team and it seemed so positive and then the minute like Hulk was catching on fire and then the hits that Kevin Magnussen was getting all the time as well it just wasn't their day but hopefully I mean the sprint race they did quite well Hulkenberg did quite well I should say as well which was really good to have but let's, let's hope for Silverstone I think they'll bring upgrades potentially into Silverstone as well or just after Silverstone so hopefully that will turn the luck around for next weekend or when we go to Spa or um, Zandvoort as well down the line yeah, they have a real chronic uh, lack of pace in the race, unfortunately for them. But they did get some points in the sprint, though. That was a better day for them yesterday, but today, definitely one not to write home about. Um, but yeah, we'll move on to the next guys. Uh, Alpha Tauri next. Uh, Yuki Sonoda down in 18 feet. Very much had another get a day to forget as well. Um, yeah, uh, he was. A, he was. I think he had some contact damage his car. De Vries as well. Started from the pit lane. They want to start from the pit lane, but he just flew wide in in the fourth corner. Um, not a good day for him. Again, Owain, it's, it's, I'm not giving you a very easy one to talk about here, to be honest. It's well, no, it's great to talk about because I just get to criticise. You know, it was uh, go ahead. Obviously, De Vries has not been flavour of the month. Uh, you know, within the Red Bull fraternity uh, in their driver academy for quite a while. Um, you know, obviously, help Marco's not very particularly happy with him, and uh, and Sonoda's been on fairly recent uh, on a, been on a fairly recent run of form, um, but managed to even worse um, <laughs> you know picking up penalty I think he was the only person who picked up a 10 second uh, penalty for track limits um, you know obviously he smashed his wing at the start and you know he was finding every single way he could he could find to sabotage his race and I think it's kind of a miracle that he's not he's only he's ended up in front of the house <laughs> I think that probably tells you how bad the house have been this weekend more than anything but yeah and I think he also got in trouble for not serving a penalty correctly which 
surprisingly, he's the second guy to do that this season. I think Ocon did it earlier in the season. So yeah, penalties on top of penalties on top of more penalties, and he didn't still didn't finish last. So that's something, I suppose. But yeah, definitely not a day to remember for Alpha Tari at their sort of kind of home race. Um, yeah, we'll speak about uh, McLaren next. Um, very, very bittersweet day for them, for them today. Uh, Lando Norris all the way up in fifth. Fantastic performance today for him um, at a track where he's made a real habit of some excellent results. Unfortunately, Oscar Piastri down in 17th. You might think, oh, well, you know, he's not really performed too well there. But Tommy was, he was pretty unlucky in a way. He was caught up in an incident with a bunch of other cars, damaged his front wing, and sadly could never truly recover from there. Yeah, I felt for Piastri a bit today because he was, he was looking all right and then he went to make a move on, I actually can't remember who, but whoever it was he was making a move on. Um, Stroll was attempting and somewhat failing to defend position on the exit of turn three. He just moved across the track, of course, a big concertina and because Piastri was already committed to making the move up inside of turn three, it was just, it was just game over by that point. His front wing just bent and crunched and he had to box for, for a new wing and that was that was sayonara really um but uh london norris yeah much much better um a much much better race for him and i you know i think a lot of us were me included were almost expecting lando to just go backwards because that mclaren just cheesed its tires like like something you wouldn't believe i think only the Haas is probably really worse than than it for cheating tires but no he he had some he had some really really good battles uh, you know he was he was uh, the official driver of the, of the day. He was our driver of the day in Grid Talk. I think I did vote Perez. Please don't kill me. Um, but um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it was uh, it, it was it was probably one of Lando's best races of the season. It did make me chuckle a bit when um, when uh, I think it was a race engineer said to me, "Please tell me every time you see track limits." And Lando said, "I'll be talking. I'll be talking all the time." So uh, <laughs> yeah, so it's uh, yeah, it's. It, it, a good race for, for McLaren, and I know they brought up Grace this weekend, so they can definitely take some take some comfort from it. And I think people need to perhaps not look at Piastri too harshly because he's still getting used to that car, and the upgrades might not be on both cars. You know, you couldn't blame McLaren for only putting them on on Lando's car if that is the, if that is the case. But um, lots of positives to take for them. Yeah, absolutely. And as a diehard McLaren fan myself, I was very happy with that. I'm not going to lie. Um, but Sevilla, while, while we're speaking about McLaren, is, is this kind of a resurgence for them? Do you think this might be the kind of result that kind of kickstarts them to potentially overtake Alpine for that fifth spot? Because Alpine didn't have a good weekend this weekend. No, definitely not. I mean, I think it's more for Norris than it is for Oscar. Um, he's still kind of finding his way in the car. It's like, Oscar's had some good overtaking today. Um, has been kind of consistent, but consistently out of the points as well. Um, I think with the upgrades, it's definitely made such a difference. You even saw it in the straights, just how powerful it is when there were so many battles, not just on today's race, but also um, yesterday's sprint race as well. Some of the close battles they were having with um, Charles and a few other drivers in Hamilton as well. It definitely has made a really good improvement, and I'm really looking forward to seeing how they will be at McLaren. Um, how McLaren will be at Silverstone for next weekend. But yeah, definitely needed upgrades and it's actually well thought out upgrades for it. Yeah, it seems to be doing the trick for them, absolutely. And they're getting on top of that tyre wear issue. They didn't seem to really be struggling with that today. Um, so I'll give you one alpha away. So let's make it two for one. Um, alpha, alpha Romeo. Um, unfortunately, a bit like Alpha Tauri, I think you'll be criticising them more than anything. A very nondescript day for them. Didn't really do anything. Um, Bottas down in 16th, Joe in, in 14th. That's 
kind of an indication of where they are really at the moment. Yeah, I mean, it's the midfield so tight that it's really difficult. I mean, we saw them consistently be in battle, so it wasn't for lack of trying, and they really did, you know, gave it a go. Um, but they, you know, it just wasn't good enough. They just weren't fast enough. They didn't have the speed, and you know, the Williams were ahead of them. Um, you know, even after penalties, which says a lot. Um, you know, they did they did put up a fairly good fight. Um, I'm, I have no idea. I believe it was. Uh, I believe it was Bottas who had a, a bit of the wing hanging off, and I, I have no idea how he didn't get the black and orange meatball. Um, you, <laughs> know, you know, they, spotted, they were looking at track limits in the stewards' ring, but you know, they didn't see a bit of wing hanging off the car, flapping about like that. Um, mm. So I, no, I don't think it ever actually got fixed. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think they they just sort of they didn't really do much, and they finished out the points because of it. And I, I think this might have been one of their better chances actually to get points, bearing in mind. Everyone and their dog was getting track limits uh, penalties in front of them. Yeah, and we will touch on the track limits um, penalties over this weekend because, quite frankly, it's been ridiculous. I think even by uh, the standards of some of our F1 game lobbies, it's been <laughs> it's been even more than that. We will we will touch on that in a bit. Um, but first, let's talk about another team that unfortunately finished just outside of the points: Williams, uh, Alexander Albon in eleventh, Logan Sargent in thirteenth. Unlucky for him, but. Tom, it wasn't a bad day for them really. Albon was in the points for quite a bit of it. He almost made my bold prediction come true for once. So close to that one. Um, but there is pace in that car, but they probably just needed a few more retirements. Only one retirement today, which is unusual for Austria. Yes, and they were a bit, well, I say they were unlucky. You know, they both got track warning penalties, um, if my memory serves me correctly. So. Uh, you know, they didn't help themselves, but as we saw this weekend, track limits is so tight, especially around Austria. And like you said, it's a conversation we'll get into. Um, yeah, Albon, he's, he's really sort of like showing that he's not here to just make up the numbers. And he's dragging that Williams to places where it doesn't belong. I did think that the, uh, the Williams, yeah, that is the guy he's still in, um, he hasn't changed since about 15 seconds ago. Um, you know, I, I, did, um, I, I did think, and I think I did say beforehand, that he would have a good weekend here. Because it, it's a fairly similar in some ways to Canada, you know, lots of you know, straights and, you know, it's, it'll suit a car which is better at sort of top speed. Obviously, sharp corners than Canada, but, um, you know, it, obviously, we've got three DRS zones. And he, 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 was the, um, he was the ticket master general of the, of the DRS train for some points. But yeah, just almost in, almost in the points. If he wouldn't have had the penalty, he, you know, there's a good chance he'd have been in points because he was, he was putting in some staunch defense. And I've got to be honest, I was really impressed with Logan Sargent today. I know he didn't finish in the points and I know he finished behind his teammate with a track limits penalty. Um, however, it's, um, it's uh, uh, sorry, just seeing a message. Um, yeah, it is. Uh, can you tell we've not done this live like this before? Um, <laughs> so, you know, um, Logan Sargent. I think probably one of his better race weekends because I thought he was going to do quite well in Canada. Um, obviously, didn't cover the enough or the rest of it. He's showing promising signs, and all these rumours about Mick going there. Why would you want Mick Schumacher? He's going to cost you arm and leg in accident damage. Um, yeah, so you know, the, both drivers did well and they look to be setting in with that car, so I look forward to what they can bring in the next few races. Yeah, absolutely. Sargent definitely with a better weekend. I mean, he's come under some criticism, which I think is unfair because he's coming up against Alexander Albon in the same car, and that Williams is not particularly great car. Um, so yeah, definitely a better weekend for them. Nothing to show for it points-wise, unfortunately, but that's the way it goes sometimes. Um, Alpine, Sophia. Uh, 
Pierre Gasly in ninth, getting a couple of points for the team. Ocon just outside in 12th. I mean, how do you rate their weekend this weekend? Because they are the fifth fastest team in general, but maybe you'd expect a bit more from them. Then again, a bit like Williams, probably just needed a few more retirements up ahead to get some better placings. Yeah, I mean, I think so too. They're probably one of the more consistent bottom points kind of team. Gasly and Alcon have been quite consistent um, throughout seasons with the different teams. I mean, both of them had uh, track limits warnings and I think Alcon might have had a penalty as well. I can't remember, but there was multiple pennies. And then also the pit lane incident as well mm. with um, Alcon getting a five second pit, um, five second um, penalty for that with the contact, I think it was Logan Sargent or the close contact of the unsafe release. But yeah, it's going well, I think, for Alpine. I think, like I said, they've just been so consistent more than anything else um, with how they are performing. I, to be honest, was expecting a lot better, I think, from Gasly. Um, obviously, he was in the points, which was great for them for the construction, uh, constructors battle and everything. But I was expecting more of a higher finish. I was expecting both of the teams actually to be in the points. Uh, but like you said, probably with a few more retirements, I think that could have been a better case for them to be um, probably P6 or P8 maybe even for them. But hopefully we'll see how it is in um, Silverstone next week as well. I don't think there's any upgrades coming in because they had upgrades early on in the season with all their incidences. I think that was Baku. What? Yeah, Baku with all the different track problems and driver problems, catching on fire and everything. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm expecting more for the rest of the season from Alpine. Like I said, I do think they might even take fourth in constructors. That might be a bold. That, that might be a little bit bold, I understand. <laughs> but I think they have the potential to do that by the end of the season. That is a very bold. Who, who do you think they might overtake for fourth, Ferrari? Yeah, I think so, maybe. I don't know. Well, we'll see. I, I, think, it, I think it'll be very close, though. Um, but I think there's potentially a possibility that they could take fourth. I'd be very surprised if that happened, but you never know. It's Formula One. Anything happens, and it normally does. Um, so, <laughs> so yeah, I'll uh, I'll just skip past Aston Martin just for the moment because I'm going to give uh, Mercedes to Owain. Um, <laughs> Louis, Louis, <laughs> Sir Lewis in seventh, uh, George Russell in in eighth in this race. Um, probably threatened to do a bit more, but it's it's just not been their weekend this weekend on the whole. Hamilton having a whole host of problems in the shootout qualifying sprint qualifying whatever it's called these days and uh george just kind of being off the most of the weekend really it's just i guess they're gonna chalk it up as a not particularly great one for them no it seems like they're sort of um they're not regressing or anything but i think the the highs of uh, of the upgraded car have sort of have gone away a bit um you know obviously how much like well we'll put it this way the, the fifth place, uh, the, you know, qualifying in fifth was the, was the best that we saw of Hamilton this weekend. And, and unfortunately, uh, him, and, him and Russell didn't manage to do too much in the sprint, despite the, uh, the switch to um, soft at the right time for Russell. Um, and in the race, obviously, you know, Russell did make three places. Um, but, you know, Hamilton lost, <laughs> similarly sort of lost two places. Um, so, you know, they've ended up, they've ended up neck, uh, you know, one after the other. Um, and they just, we didn't see that sort of characteristic race pace that we normally see out of the Mercedes. I think if it had been a bit hotter, we would have maybe seen a bit more of it, mm. had more, you know, even more degradation that would have come to them. Um, but we didn't, you know, they didn't really have the speed and they're just not, you know, just not quick enough. And I think, you know, they'll, they'll come out of this, they'll be fine and they're getting a new upgrade in, um, next week, I believe in, uh, in, uh, Silverstone. Mm. Um, 
but for right now, it's uh, it's unfortunately it's a bit it's just a little bit disappointing for them, and uh, and it's one of the things that one of those times that they're just going to have to power through it. Um, yeah, you could hear the frustration in them. I think they, and then they're you know it's a decent performance ish, but they have gone backwards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they have done. Hamilton was complaining a lot on the radio about his car apparently not being able to steer, uh, which is slightly over exaggeration. Seems to be going around the corners all right, but by his standards, probably not so. Um, but the more important thing for them is probably the fact that they've not really lost much ground to Aston Martin. Um, Aston Martin had uh, Fernando Alonso in sixth and Lance Stroll down in tenth, getting the last point. Um, Tom, I, I guess not too bad of a weekend for them. I think we do have some news potentially about Aston Martin. I may have heard that, but yes. Um, but yeah, how do you how do you rate their weekend overall? Because. Um, Surpri- I mean, Stroll surprisingly beat Alonso for a change uh, uh, yesterday, but today he seemed well off, really. Yeah, um, Stroll's had his best moment of the season, and now he's just going to go back into his shell. Um, <laughs> let's, let's be fair. Uh, yeah, I mean, today, Aston Martin, they didn't really do the best strategy. They did a bit of a fry strategy. We'll get on to Friday's actually, looking at you three's top suggestions. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's just Aston, they double stacked and they weren't good stops. And Stroll really lost out because he was down to about P12 or 13 or maybe even P14 at one stage. Like he said, he ultimately got the last point. Alonso started on hards, um, which had there not been an early safety car and then a relatively early VSC, could have probably worked out, but the medium sort of seemed to hold on better than we expected um, and the hearts they were all right but you know they were they were definitely the sort of the, the medium seemed to be the good sort of like early to middle synth tire um, yeah so I mean given all the sort of hype around Aston Martin at the start of the season where people were sort of doing videos saying you know the, the longest gap between a pole position or the longest gap between a race win or a world championship or the rest of it and you know, people sort of treating Alonso like the second coming of Christ this season, they have fallen off the pace, you could say, because if they were clearly better the rest, they should have been P3 or you know, P2 or, you know, nobody's going to be, um, you know, unless Max has it, you know, as we know, unless Max has like a mechanical retirement, nobody's going to be P1. So, um, you know, but they should be right up there and they were behind, well, they were behind the McLaren and both the Ferraris and, I think they'll rue opportunities missed this weekend. Potentially, yeah, potentially. Um, not, not too great for them. But part of the reason why they were relatively so far down the order is because we had a resurgent Ferrari this weekend, Sophia. They, for once, they actually you know, followed through on the pace and the promise. Um, I mean, yes, potentially could have done something different with the strategies, but I don't think whatever they did, they would have been able to beat Max Verstappen today. He was just too quick. Um, Charles Leclerc coming home on the podium in second. Carlos Sainz in fourth, maybe could count himself a little unlucky with that, but still a much better day for Ferrari today. A hundred percent. It was so nice to see actually having Ferrari do well. Like you said, there's a few maybe dodgy kind of strategy calls, but again, that's Ferrari. That's literally their, <laughs> their blueprint when it comes to race weekends is the questions. Um, Sainz had penalties as well for track limits. Like I said, mostly Travis had penalties. I think Charles had some really good battles overall. I mean, Sainz and Checo as well, battling back and forth with the DRS and the power that they were doing and going on the inside on some of these turns was absolutely crazy. Like, I think 
he was my second driver of the day, I think, because of how good the battles were with Perez. Um, it shows how powerful Ferrari is going is getting to be with the Red Bull. They're in a good contender, potentially, when battling out with Max and Checo for the rest of the grid. I think, given the fact that they started P2 and P3 and finished second and fourth, I think that's a great result for them. Like I said, top points, well, some of the top points for the team, needed for the constructors to stay at fourth. Um, <laughs> But I'm really excited. I'm hoping that this is now the turnaround. We always know Ferrari mid-season kind of comes out of the bag with some actual good performances. So they've just done it about four races a little bit early for it. Um, but we'll see. I, it was a great day for them and for the fans. Definitely needed that as well. Absolutely. Yeah, it's good to see someone challenging at the end of the day. And Charles Leclerc held out for some time against Max, uh, which, which is something. That's more than we've seen in a lot of races uh, this season. And we're going up to Silverstone next, which is a race that they won last season. So... You never know, there's always a chance. Um, but yeah, so we'll talk about the guy who finished in third next, Owain. Um, some people, you know, most people did give Norris the driver of the day in our internal vote for grid, uh, grid tour, but some people gave uh, Sergio Perez today the driver of the day, which is fair enough, really. Um, started 15th after absolutely awful qualifying for him on Friday and, uh, and finished in third in the end. I, you can't really ask much more than that, to be honest, with how, how far he started down the grid and how the race kind of went with the multiple safety cars and stuff. Yeah, I think um, I think it's fairly decent from Perez after obviously a dodgy you know first couple of days in the weekend. Mm. Um, you know, starting qualifying fifteenth because he couldn't keep it within the white lines, um, and then obviously having you know a bit of a sort of having a really weird um, uh, sort of incident with Max on track where I think he tried to sort of show him you know close the door on him, but. Obviously, it didn't really work, and obviously, he ended up uh, significantly further behind. Um, but you know, so it was gonna, always going to be difficult starting where he did today um, after the sort of kicking that he's taken, particularly you know publicly from from the Red Bull um, uh, decision makers, uh, you know, from Horner particularly. Um, I think he's turned it around because it would be easy to let you know he's a seasoned guy, but it'd be easy to let the pressure of that, you know. To take away from your performance, and you know, he could even have had an even worse race, and we could be talking about how he'd finished in, you know, third from the bottom rather than third from uh, third in uh, at all. You know, he'd made his way back up to the podium from quite far back, and and it was it was a difficult race. It was not it's not like he was being let through or anything like that. Obviously, he doesn't he seemed to, doesn't even seem to have the speed to be able to just blast past people, but he was you know putting the manners on people who had younger tyres than he did. Um, which is a, probably a testament to the car. Um, it, it, you know, as, as much as it maybe said that it is the fastest car, um, but I think it sort of brought it back. And you know, you can go out of the weekend going, yeah, yeah, I did a decent job there. Yeah, much better for him for sure. I mean, he's not. Had, I mean, we've touched on the show, you know, quite a few times. He, he's not had the best run recently, but that today was probably what you'd expect from him. Um, you know. You could definitely argue that Max Verstappen probably would have won the race from 15th if he started there, but that's Max Verstappen. That's a two-time champion, soon to be a three-time world champion. He's just different gravy at the end of the day. There's not many people that are anywhere near his level, and that's just that's just a fact. Of, just a fact of life at the moment, and that's basically what I'm coming to you about now, Tom, as well. I mean, he won by over 20 seconds during the sprint, which was a 20-odd lap race, and he did the same again here as well. Uh, well, he would have done sorry the same again had he not pitted on the last few laps to go for soft tyres. I mean, he's the only guy that could do something like that. You know, it, it's, it, it's, just, it's just ridiculous the advantage he's got over the field. I mean, 
we were timing it as well while we were watching it live. We were saying, how, how many seconds is he going to gain here? And he gained three seconds on Leclerc on that last lap alone. Um, it's just another level right now. And it's, it's very difficult to see how anybody else can win. Just the form is in, what is it, like five wins in a row, something like that for Max? Take it away, stage is yours. Uh, well, I mean, there's not much more to say, is there? <laughs> you know, I mean, you said the stage is yours. Good night. Um, you know, he's, uh, yeah, I mean, he's just in such a purple patch of form and he is completely gelled with that car. And I've said it before, and I'm not going to wax down it again because people are probably sick to the back teeth of it. Um, but, you know, he's just... It's, it's the only part of his racing which you think needs a bit of work is his race starts. And, you know, we saw that almost you know, come to a head yesterday. But, again, you know, you... you Pulled it back and off he went. And then today, you know, covered off the covered off the Ferraris and you know, you know, after the safety car just went quite early, um, going uh, sort of going through turn nine. You know, I thought he was, I thought he would have bolted later, but yeah, you know, he was already well ahead. And he pulled that gap. We were saying, we were saying, you know, I said it that he doesn't need to pit for fastest lap. But then you know, he, he is a born and bred racer you know you, know, you, you look at his parents and both you know, both racing drivers and all the rest of it so it is quite literally in his dna um <laughs> you know so you know, you know we joked that he would have ended up driving into pit lane anyway saying come on put the tires on as long as it doesn't turn into monaco 2016 um sorry danny and then um and then yeah you know just the, the gap i think was something like 2.2 maybe 2.5 seconds Behind Leclerc when he came out of the pits and he ended it, I think, what five point? I, I don't five know. Half yeah, yeah, I think it might have even been six seconds. Um, TLDR, he blasted it on that on that last lap. Um, yeah, and absolutely flew. He set a purple middle sector. You know, he was on soft, charged up the battery, blah blah blah. Yeah, I mean, not much more you can say. He did exactly what he needed to. Got the win. It was never in doubt, um, and I don't think anybody's going to stop him. Yeah, and it's one of his best tracks as well. I think that's his fourth win at the Austrian Grand Prix, which is a record. So the guy is absolutely on fire around that track. Um, but speaking of the circuit itself, something we've got, we've got to touch on is the track limits. Now, it's been a talking point of the entire weekend. It always is round Austria, but it seems like it was even worse this time around. I mean, I've just got some of the stats here. I think we had 47 laps during qualifying on Friday deleted. I don't even know how many more laps other than that were deleted, but what I do know is, is that probably at least half of the grid ended up. So, so apparently we've just been informed that Nico Hulkenberg, just to add insult to injury, to rub a whole uh, bottle of salt onto the rules, uh, onto his wounds. Over a hundred, yeah, over a hundred laps were deleted during the race for tax track limits, which is more laps than in the race itself. <laughs> um, that's got to be a record. Uh, but yeah, uh, Nico Hulkenberg being one of the ones to get a post-race uh, track limits penalty despite only doing about 20 laps and already being out. So what's the point? What's the point of having five seconds onto the guy anyway? That's just, that just seems rude to me, I'll be honest. Um, <laughs> but my point is, is that it seems to be so much worse this year. I mean, Sophia, is there any reason for this? And why, why Austria? Why is it so bad around here? And do we need to take a look at it? Do, does something need to be done about this? Because quite frankly, it's a bit ridiculous, but at the same time, it's the drivers that are going over the white lines. So is it not them that's the ones to blame, really? Yeah, I mean, obviously it's, it's turn nine and turn 10. During qualifying, like you said, 47 laps, some of it was potentially due to wind coming in as well, slightly pushing the cars slightly over the line. But I mean, 
the literally the top pinnacle of motorsport drivers they should know where to like where the line is how to like limit it and it's not even just f1 we saw it in f2 and f3 as well um this weekend when they were racing in austria as well how many track limits were happening but a hundred like that's that's too much. I think every single driver, apart from Norris, which I'll speak about, he had so many track limits, but no black and white flag, no penalties. I think it was like on Twitter, it was like he had four laps in a row where he was over the line, but no kind of um, black and white flag, no penalties or anything. But I think almost every single driver had the flag. I think maybe only like two or three probably did it. And then so many had like close to getting the time second penalties you see like on twitter as well and like on social media all the drivers like pretty much snitching on each other saying like they went over they went over like it was like oprah as well like you get a penalty you get a penalty you get a flag it was <laughs> absolutely crazy i think they should have had a stat on the side saying how many times they've done the track limits for the driver that'd be quite a cool um analysis to see uh post race now as well which drivers had the most and if there was any more penalties from that as well obviously you mentioned nico got one post race um for him but there might be a few other ones that might be coming through as well mm. i know the stewards are probably gonna be super busy till later on the whole day today yeah they are gonna be very busy very busy indeed i mean it's something that um I think we actually touched upon on the days of the GH uh, F1 podcast before Grid Talk was a thing when we reviewed Austria 2019. Owen, oh, you might be the person to review it with me. I can't remember. It was that long ago. Probably. But, it was, it was about, <laughs> about four years ago now. Um, but one, one of the things we touched on was when uh, Leclerc and Verstappen were both battling and it was like we didn't know who actually won the race because I think one of them was potentially being investigated for a penalty. But I mean, we were complaining about that because the people leaving the track, they don't know really what's happened. They don't know... Uh, whether their driver is going to finish in a certain position or whatever, it's all it's all up in the air. But that that is that. But on steroids this year, like it's on a complete other level. Well, it causes issues because like, we have no confidence. Like even here, we have no confidence in the result. Uh, I, 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 think, I yeah. <laughs> 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 like, Well, it could change, and we all know it could. Absolutely, you know what, yeah. what happens if what happens if there's an appeal by Mercedes and Norris and Norris drops it significantly? Oh, don't, oh, don't, don't say no, that. Don't don't say that. that. Don't, don't, just, why would you say that? <laughs> read the room, man. Because it would be funny. <laughs> no. <laughs> Yeah, but but ultimately, I think it is good that they're actually like they're actually taking it and just being like, you know what, we're gonna we're gonna penalise you properly. I think eventually the, the drivers will stop doing it, and I don't want to hear any of the. I hate it when they complain about it and say, you know, oh, the car won't turn, or you know, it's so difficult to stay within track limits. But you managed it when it was wet on on on, uh, mm. on Saturday. You managed it when it was wet, when it was it would have been slower to go over the track limits. And to be fair, you can just drive the car slower. <laughs> <laughs> like that will keep you within track limits and you won't be getting a penalty <laughs> you know for the sake of let's be honest not much gain we're talking milliseconds that you're going to be gaining on every single track limits infraction you know as much as that extends right down the straight but you, okay you're going to lose maybe a tenth or two you can lose that in five seconds <laughs> in a five second penalty it's not hard just drive slightly slower <laughs> it's Formula 1 drivers at the end of the day and they're going to take any advantage they can get um, I mean, my, I mean, to kind of go on that though, yes, you might not gain that much time, but is it not a tyre thing as well? Because you've got a less aggressive angle going into the corner, so you probably save a bit of tyres. But then again, you're running the risk of taking them on the kerbs and picking up all sorts of crap that's out there. So. I was going to say, like, every time you go over a kerb, we've seen it, I've seen it happen many a time, is that someone, you hit a kerb wrong and you get a puncture for it, and that will ruin your race. Yeah. So it's, 
It's a, it's a tricky one. It's a very tricky one. I mean, I think this track is particularly bad for it just because of, I mean, it's turn nine and ten, the, the final two corners, the high-speed right-handers. That's where most of the infringements were happening. I mean, Tom, what, what would you do? Would you change anything potentially with, with the track? I mean, I, I much prefer having it like this to having like um, like the sausage curbs or having a more harsher gravel trap or something like that. It's it's a, it's a really tricky one, but at the end of the day, it is the drivers and they are being punished for it. At least the stewards are doing something about it and not just standing for it. Uh, it sounds like a skill issue to me, mate. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, um, no, sausage curves are not the answer because those things are positively lethal, as we've seen in years gone by. So mm. those are not the answer. Um, I, I don't really know. It's one of those things where it's like drivers have been edging their luck for a few years. And then we always had, certainly in the past, in the past, I think coming into about 2020 or 2021, I should say, um, there were sort of, each circuit would be like, okay, well, where is track limits? You know, it sort of seemed to vary by circuit. You know, because some places it would be the white line, some places it would be the initial curve, it would be the double curve, whatever. Whereas now, track limits is the white line, end of story, symbols. Um, you know, so it's, it's like, you know, don't moan about it because them's the rules, Sonny Jim. Mm. And, and you know, if if you keep going over it, we'll just get good. Um, you know, it's uh, I, I I don't really know what else to say because it's like you know I want to do it really well, and I'm just here to make memes about it by this point. Um, you know, so <laughs> it's um, you know, it, it's it's like you know, I, I know that obviously racing drivers want to eat out every single tenth, hundred, thousand, mm. millis, whatever. Know, whatever minute increments of time it may be but it's, it's like just <laughs> there's only so far you can push it and it's like you know we saw it today I honestly think more drivers got penalties or at least black and white flags for track limits than drivers didn't because yeah. it, you know it, it was it, it was like a roulette wheel at the top of the screen you know by the you know, by the time we got to the end of the race you know, it's just like being, 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 being you know, you know, grand prize five second penalty. Who's it going to be next? So, yeah, it's just, yeah. Well, honestly, mate, it was just, it was just, it was like a lucky dip by the end of it. Yeah. You know, so it's just like, you know, but it's just, I don't really know what else you can do. Maybe if it bodes you at the end of the track, you have to go over the spike and just, it's like, yeah, that's what you get for going over the track. Um, no, but if one of that, I just bring back the sausage goes, and that's not the answer. Mm. Um, punishing drivers in terms of time won't do an awful lot because they would just keep pushing it. Uh, it's got to be something that's an actual deterrent without being unsafe and that is a very, very fine... I, I haven't got the answer. Flipping heck. No. I'm just, I'm just a weirdo who watches F1 and works in IT. You know, don't ask, don't ask me for the answer. Um, you know, so... You know, just... Uh, I, I don't know, but maybe if they just have like a bit of gravel or something so that if they stick a wheel slightly offline, you know, like the, like up the inside of cops, um, it'll just spit them out or something. I'm not sure. Mm. It, it's a very, it's a very contentious issue. At the end of the day, it's uh, there's there's no there's no perfect solution. I think to it at the end of the day, and because drivers are always going to take every advantage they can do, because that's what they're paid to do, for lack of a better term. Uh, but then if they start complaining about it on the radio, it's just getting a bit ridiculous at that point. I'm not sure what they're doing at that point. Um, but yeah. Uh, that is, that is all the drivers, that's all the teams. Um, I will give a mention that if you did enjoy this podcast, you can give us a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, and uh, you know, really do appreciate this. And if you're watching on the YouTube as well, uh, and if you're one of the 72% uh, of people who are not yet subscribed to the channel, please consider helping us out with a like and subscribe on there. Really do, really do appreciate it. Um, something I do want to 
quickly touch on though, uh, I think the three of us voted for Norris for driver of the day. Tom, you were the odd one out. You went for you went for Sergio Perez. No, it's a good choice. I'm not I'm, I'm not criticising, but I, okay. I, but I just want to just want to hear your like thoughts on how Perez was today because he, it was it was impressive from him to nearly get second in the end. It wasn't that far off and with how he's been and as well I don't think we've mentioned the fact that he was ill at the start of the weekend he missed his like press media duties on Thursday because of that so for him to come back like that it's it's pretty impressive to be honest yeah and it's a result that Perez really needed I was a bit concerned coming into this weekend especially with him being a bit ill we weren't necessarily going to see that we were perhaps going to see him getting to the points we get you know like P8 P7 maybe P6 like we kind of saw in Canada but no, P3 and uh, no, wasn't no, wasn't Leclerc. It was Sainz's bad. It was Sainz didn't make it easy. Russell didn't make it easy. But Perez did what he needed to do. You know, he he made good moves. He shut the door. He stopped. You know, uh, drivers doing switchbacks. You could argue that maybe oh yeah, Max went away from there. Well, yeah, but Max is something else. He's not human by this point. And <laughs> and Perez is not in the same echelons as Max and mm-hmm. Hamilton and. You know, maybe you know, you know, Leclerc, Russell, you know, that top creme de la creme. It, you, know, it's, you know, he's a good, like, solid B tier driver. Um, he's, he's basically like a good bot ass because you can actually do it when it's needed. Um, yeah, so, uh, you know, so it's. it's I, I, was, I, I was pleased, genuinely, really pleased him to see it. And then also, you know, so yesterday in the sprint, you know, where he really got his elbows out and. You know, sort of, sort of said to Max initially, like, you know, I'm not here to, you know, to, to, uh, to play second fiddle, and then Max just went psych, and then just put him in his place. Um, <laughs> you know, but it's, uh, it's, yeah. That aside, it was, it was a result that he really needed, and it's good for him, especially with him being ill, because he sounded ill after, I think it was after quarter on Friday. He sounded rough, man. Um, but yeah, no, good. I'm glad to see it, and hopefully it will. There was stick, you know, stick a proverbial finger up to those who, who were saying, um, you know, Perez out. <laughs> to whom it may concern. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think this is basically him saying, yeah, Danny, Danny Ricky won this seat, come take it, son. <laughs> don't tempt fate too much on that one. That's um, not going to happen. No, it's not going to happen. Oh, it's not happening. going to happen. I don't, I, don't, I don't see that happening. I don't, I don't want Daniel to go back to Red Bull full time. It's just... It's just She's going to get beat by Max like most people would. I just, I just don't want to see it. Stick him in the Alphataro. Oh, <laughs> no. Take over the breezes. Oh, no, don't. Can you well, imagine? <laughs> well, no, because that's probably going to be Andretti next year by the sounds of it. So. Rumours are to be believed. Yes. Um, I do want to give a, 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 give a mention to one of those people who are potentially concerns. Uh, Tom Horrocks obviously betting that um, Sergio <laughs> Perez will... Um, not win a race for the rest of the year. Well, I'm going to go on record as doing a counter to that. I bet that he will do, uh, will, will win a race for the rest of the season. And my forfeit is the same as, as Tom's if that doesn't come true. So I would present an episode of Grid Talk in my underwear and a sombrero. So <laughs> I don't know if anybody wants to see that, but that's that's that, that's happening. So no matter what, one of us is going to do that. That's the uh, that's the uh, that's the challenge for, for the rest of this year. So. Oh, I'm going to regret that. Anyway, so... <laughs> anyway, so Grid Talk is available on YouTube where most episodes are recorded live, just like this one, as well as Amazon Fire, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Music, Verbal, Pocket Cast. Just search for F1 Grid Talk on all of those to go through our back catalogue of shows, which is over 300 episodes now, which is just absolutely bonkers. Cannot get over that. 
obviously we have our regular shows, we have the qualifying shows, we have the sprint shows, the race shows, the previews, and as well, Sophia, Formula Talk. Yeah, uh, me and Tom do weekly episodes discussing F1 Academy, w, um, well, um, I was about to say W Series, but obviously that is. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> Not anymore. Um, F2 and F3, we will be covering a bit of fracker, um, especially given some of the, um, the situations that happened in Spa. Um, yesterday when I was passing unfortunately and condolences as well to the family and those I knew him um, yeah we'll probably briefly discuss it but obviously not go into detail in the next episode but yeah we talk about IndyCar as well um, it'll be an interesting one for this <laughs> race review from Austria because we had disqualifications we had track limits we had penalties upon penalties so but I think our predictions were actually quite good as well which for once which doesn't happen that often. If you listen to our episodes, we make some random, random predictions and bold podiums, but it actually came true most of them uh, this weekend. But yeah. Yeah, definitely check out that. I do love listening to the, uh, to the roundup of the feeder series, especially when I can't catch them live because there's just so much action on the track. It's hard to keep up sometimes. Um, and yeah, another mention as well is that after four years of mentioning it about better likes, mics and recording equipment, we've got it. <laughs> Hopefully you can hear and see the difference with some of that. Uh, Ruby's been producing this episode live as well, so massive shout out to her for that. You, you may have seen the hand up here at some point, Hammy and iPad just here, that was very smooth. So um, <laughs> Don't ever say we're not professional here, George. <laughs> yeah, we got the mics and everything. Exactly, better likes, mics and recording equipment. It's finally happened after all this time. Um, but yes, we will be back soon with plenty more uh, F1 content. Obviously, we've got Silverstone coming up at the weekend. We have the preview for Silverstone on Monday, and we've got Formula Talk in the meantime as well to preview the F2 and F3 action uh, from Silverstone. Uh, stick around if you're listening to the live stream. We'll continue on that. We've got some questions here from the people watching along, which is really, really appreciated. Thank you for that. But yeah, until, uh, until next time, thank you very much, and goodbye.